I think it's about understanding the child's perspective. Do we take technology away from them? Is that really helping their well-being and making them happy? Is it about restricting their use and maybe just allowing them an hour a day? Okay, but what do we actually want them to do for the other 23 hours of the day and why couldn't technology be involved? Hi, I'm Tamsin Peach and welcome to the Conversation Speaking With podcast. You can subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes and through TuneIn Radio. We've all marvelled at little kids intuitively working a touchscreen or somehow managing to Skype granny across the other side of the country. We live in a world surrounded by digital technology and it seems to increasingly permeate all aspects of our lives, even early childhood. But is this exposure good for our kids? Digital technology has been linked to a wide range of health and development issues, from childhood obesity to stunted social development and reduced literacy. And these issues have led some countries to regulate and restrict the use of new technologies by children. Yet at the same time, it is impossible to isolate children completely from the technology that surrounds us, especially when we as adults love it so much. And anyway, is it so bad after all? Won't kids need to know how to live in a digital world? So when should we introduce children to technology? I'm speaking today with Joanne Orlando, an expert on educational technology about the increased use of technology in early childhood and the impact that has on child development. Childhood is very precious to us and we have overall very romantic ideas about what good childhood is and it often stems from our own childhood or the good parts of our childhood. So we want our children, we want children to have the best. We know what's good in childhood so we tend to be very traditionalist when it comes to children. Joanne says this traditionalist view of childhood has created certain fears for adults regarding technology, especially when children use new and unfamiliar devices. I think one of the the big ideas driving the ways adults react to children and technology is fear. There's a lot of freedom now that children have that they didn't have access to, say, you know, 30 or 40 years ago. If you think childhood then, you know, your parents knew what you were doing. You are watching TV and they could see the TV. They knew everything that you were watching. They knew most of your friends. Your environment was very local and you learnt things from family, your local friends, your school. But now kids go online and I think parents and, and adults overall, governments, lobbyists, everyone it seems, there's a lot of happening in, with children that we just don't see anymore. The children have a lot more freedom, which is good in, in lots of ways, but we also don't see what's happening. And I think that's what drives this whole anxiety around kids and technology. The anxiety of adults can lead to a push for regulation and restriction. And countries such as Taiwan and Japan have introduced measures that restrict the use of technology by children. Taiwan just made a, a very bold move in that they banned all children to and under from using any form of technology. So if parents are caught with their child that age using the screen, they get fined. And, and it's around the $1,500 Australian mark. 
And the reason that Taiwan have brought this in, from what I can understand, is that they're worried about, or the government is worried about children spending such a long time using screens. They don't want children to get addicted. And if you look to neighbouring countries like China, who have got this massive you know, addiction to technology rate, that I think that uh, Taiwan are just pulling in. They don't want it to happen to them. It's a preventative measure. While we might associate the issue of technology addiction as a phenomenon restricted to Chinese children, Joanne says that screens have a powerful hold over all children, which can be an issue within the home. I think you have to consider the environment in China, quite a restrictive environment, that maybe the freedom that online offers them is very attractive to, to young people growing up in that environment. But people say children are addicted to technology here as well. I think one way of thinking about it is, you know, if you've ever watched a child watch TV, that a child can be sitting in front of a TV, they could be there like a zombie almost, their mouth open, just absolutely fixed on the TV. You know, you could do anything. You could call them anything. They won't move. You know, there's that um, real attraction, that real sort of sense of flow. What's happening on the screen just really grabs their attention. And, and from the research that I've read, screens, you know, offer that sense of flow more than any other activity. So you can really have that complete love for other activities, but a screen itself seems to promote that state much more than any other activity. The ability of screens to completely capture a child's attention has raised concerns about the impact on child development and health. Digital and entertainment devices have been linked to a wide range of issues such as sleep deprivation, mental illness and obesity. There's always a lot of health issues that are associated with technology use. I always think one interesting one is the increase in obesity. Obesity is such a, a complex health condition that putting it down to yeah, using technology is so simple. If that were the case, just take the technology away, you know, but we know it's a lot more complex than that. But there's always this association between technology and a health mm. issue. Perhaps what creates the most fear and anxiety for parents is the knowledge that their children can interact with and be contacted by anyone online. The very real threat of cyberbullying and other dangers have resulted in a recent push to restrict the age at which children can access mobile phones. But Joanne says this is an overly simplistic approach to a very complex problem. Part of the things parents can worry about or adults can worry about that children have this online community mm. um, now. So they don't just have this, their family and local friends, they have this other life mm. too, this life online that you don't see and who knows who they're talking mm. to from the other side of the world. You know, it's really interesting that children's worlds have just completely expanded mm. because of this. So now they're learning so many different things. You know, whether we like it or not, some of them good, some of them maybe not so good as well, but uh, they're just well has blown up. The opportunity for them to learn is incredible. I'm so interested to see 20 years down mm. the track, you know, what, what their lives and their ways of interpreting the world will be like. There's a, a push at the moment that there be an age 
limit on when children are able mm. to own their first mobile. So the push is that children own it later than sooner. So now the average age for a child to own their first mobile is 8, 9, 10, you know, that sort of age. But the, the idea was if children own it later, then problems associated with cyberbullying will be decreased. So that's a really complex ask because just because a child doesn't own it doesn't mean they're not going to use it or doesn't mean they're not going to cyber bully either or bully in any way, you know, the, the old-fashioned way either. So mm. it, it's such a complex thing. And if a child doesn't have a mobile, well, they're still going to have to use technology at school because it's part of the requirement of the school curriculum. While there is a concern about the possible dangers of children using modern devices, Parents are also faced with the reality that technology is now seen as essential in preparing children for life in the 21st century. When we think about getting children to be job ready, you know, when they're 18 or ready for uni or ready to contribute to the nation's economic growth, all that sort of thing, a lot of that is now around technology. You know, we have 21st century skills, which a lot of education systems strive toward. The idea of you know, cooperating with each other, being able to develop new ideas, a lot of creative sort of skills, mm. and all that's around technology use. So like working with each other and technology mm. use. So yeah, we're sort of preparing children for a, a bit of an unknown future, but I suppose that's always the case, isn't it, really? But technology is this added mysterious yeah. dimension we've got yeah. now that we can't really get our head yeah. around. I think because it changes so yeah. much, you know, we're just constantly in a state of innovation, new devices, new new processes that can be done on it. So it's just, it's, it's fascinating as well. While technology may seem central to preparing children for life in a modern world, Joanne says that traditional forms of teaching need not be replaced. Rather, technology should be incorporated into current learning environments to cater to children who learn and take in information in different kinds of ways. Well, there's lots of schools of thought of how children learn and lots of education systems have different schools of thought. So I don't think anyone is quite willing to give away the traditional ways of learning. And I don't know if they really need to, but I think they need to include the new ways of learning as well. So they have quite a broad opportunity for children who are different kinds of learners. The recognition of the importance of technology to children during schooling and in adulthood coupled with the fact that more devices and software applications are specifically targeted at children, has resulted in parents introducing their kids to technology at increasingly earlier ages. Anyone living life will tell you that most children are, are making everyday use of technology. The mobile technology has been an amazing change to early childhood because, you know, that it's so easy to use, you know, it's intuitive uh, design and things like that. It's been amazing and, and it offers children a whole lot of opportunities for learning and play that they didn't have before. But in my study, what I'm finding out is that, you know, the first your first birthday seems to be that uh, threshold for when you get your first tablet. It's, it's just becoming increasingly common. Parents explain it as they don't want their children to miss out on any learning opportunity. Beyond the importance of technology to a child's future, Joanne says the tactile and intuitive design of mobile devices such as smartphones and tablets 
open up a level of engagement for children that traditional learning tools simply cannot match. You know, young children, if you think of a, a two-year-old, they have limited fine motor skills. They're learning to draw, but draw quite slowly and quite crudely. That's part of the development. Often can't write. So that in itself is quite restrictive for children. If they were to use, a, say, a tablet, an iPad, they can go on to a, a, an app where it might be a reading app or a science app or something like that. If it's a good quality app, a creative one. They can engage with ideas that they would never be able to normally in their normal bedroom, home environment. So they can swipe things, tap things, all that sort of thing. It helps them. This sort of screen helps them to actually engage with these ideas at a deeper level. So they're getting experience with these sort of ideas from a much earlier time. So it might be how a plant grows. You know, they can pull the plant up, they can put the water down, they can tap it, you know, leaves start to grow, flower starts to blossom. So they can see that in real life, okay. They could draw about it or talk about it, but, you know, the screen then brings it to their attention in a different way. So the thing about the screen is it offers another opportunity for learning, and that's the thing about learning. The more ways you get to engage with an idea, the better. So if they're watching a plant grow on their screen, they're watching real-life plants, they're talking to others about plants growing, they're watering the garden themselves. It just adds this other dimension and it's it's gold, you know. That's what learning is all about. Yeah. That's what good education is about as well. Children traditionally, they go to a playground, they know what to do, you know, that there's a lot of things for them to explore and play with. Well, in many ways, the tablet is a bit like a playground for them. Yeah very intuitive, lots of things for them to do. Children are naturally very inquisitive and naturally they're investigators. So swiping something gets you somewhere, brilliant, I'll keep going. You know, it's that idea, it just feeds into their natural curiosity. It's, it's really very well in line with how a child learns. This double-edged aspect of technology, with both benefits and potential dangers for children, has made it difficult for parents to decide when and how they utilise it. The community seems to be quite divided. Some are really pro-technology, some are very anti-technology. You know, there's no doubt about it. What's the answer? I think we need to look at, first of all, the good that technology brings to children. It offers lots of learning opportunities, it offers them the opportunity to engage with ideas that they wouldn't normally have had. Now that has pluses and minuses, of course offers them to have a more extensive world of knowledge that they can tap into. You know, that's brilliant as well. It helps young children learn. It helps children with learning challenges to learn. You know, it's got all those good things. It's also needed for careers now. It doesn't look like it's going away, that's for sure. So I think we need to think of, we don't want to lose any of that. The issue is around, you know, Parents and adults losing control and fear of what's going to happen. And that's very relevant because we need to look after children, you know. That's, that's our job as adults. We need to ensure that they're, they're happy and healthy and, and safe. So I think it's about also understanding the child's perspective. You know, do we take technology away from them? Is that really helping their well-being and making them happy? Well, you know, if you think about it that way, no, not really. 
Uh, is it about restricting their use and maybe just allowing them an hour a day? Okay, but what do we actually want them to do for the other 23 hours of the day and why couldn't technology be involved? On the other hand, we don't want them to be on the screen forever so they never talk to their family, never make friends. It's about understanding the particular children who are in your, your network, the ones that you're caring for, understanding their needs. And then in some ways it's working it out with them, but in some ways also as the adult we need to make our own direction with that. I don't know if there's one exact answer. I think that's what everyone's looking for, but it's so much more subjective than mm. that and so much more complicated. The complicated and subjective aspect of the issue also makes it difficult for governments to regulate and dictate the use of technology by children. I think the state has a place in terms of things like cyber safety. You know, they can put boundaries around that, that help and that's needed, there's no doubt about that. But restricting the age a child used to have a mobile or restricting the age a child is allowed to use technology, that's a completely different matter because we know it's really going to be great for a lot of children. If there's these other cases, of course, it's not going to be great, but can you put a complete blanket law over that? Are you just taking away opportunities from, for children because you're worried? While adults may be divided about the role of technology in children's lives, Joanne Orlando says that most parents want the same thing for their children, a good childhood and good self-esteem. I think a good childhood is one that allows a child to feel really good about themselves, gives them opportunities to learn, helps them to be curious around the world, to investigate, to, to take charge of themselves, but to do it in a way that really works for them. And that's different for every child, every generation of children and every parent, I think, as well. But I think that's the ultimate aim. I know a little while ago I read some research and it was... Uh, they were surveying parents. What is it that you want for your child? And they had a list of 10 things, good education, happiness and all that sort of thing. And the top answer that kept coming up over and over again was good self-esteem. So I think we all just want our children to feel you know, good about themselves. Oh,